Okay now, from the beginning. Well, greetings and hello to all you wedding photographers, creatives, business owners, and everyone else tuned in to the Nine Dots podcast. And we are on a roll. This is episode two of the third series, so episode 37 altogether. And today we are very, very excited to be chatting with the one and only Mr. Fair Horisti all the way from Mexico. Now we're going to be chatting with Fair all about that tricky to pin down, hard to bottle subject of creativity and creativity as a wedding photographer and in the wedding photography industry. Fair has been at the top of his game now for many, many years and we are super excited for him to share some of the things that he uses and some of the things he's done to stay creative, keep on top of his game and keep his work so fresh week in and week out. But before we get on to Fair Horisti, I'm just going to fill you quickly in on all that's been happening in the world of Nine Dots recently. So last week we were super excited to launch The Great Escape. This is a new event for Nine Dots that we're putting on in 2024 at the end of April. It's a luxury retreat for wedding photographers on the Cornish coast. Uh, We're super excited to be putting it together um, and it promises to be an amazing few days. Not only of learning, we've got some amazing educators there and some amazing sessions planned for all the attendees, but also just a great time to come together, recharge as wedding photographers, hang out together, share stories, share activities and do a few other things as well to recharge those batteries and get ready for the year ahead. The response has been amazing. Um, We've sold most of the places now. There's a tiny handful of tickets still left. Um, Less than 10, I think, five or six tickets left. So if you're interested, go and check out the link below. Now the prices for The Great Escape are going to be going up on the 9th of June. So if you do want to come, don't delay and check out the website and get a ticket today. Of course, before The Great Escape, in November, we've got the return of the Nine Dots Gathering. Uh, Now the Nine Dots Gathering has been happening in London every year for the past eight to nine years now. Uh, This is the first time it's going to be moved up north for the year to Leeds and we're really excited about it. It's going to be the same as the normal gathering, all the same kind of things, the same talks and presentations and the amazing vibe and all that kind of stuff but it's also going to be a bit different too because it's in a different place either way it's going to be great we're going to be locking down the final details of the event and adding six new speakers very shortly so watch this space and we're going to be bringing you all the new details on that if you don't want to know more about the nine dots gathering check out the link again below and find out more about the nine dots gathering like all of the nine dots events that we put on nine dots members get a great discounts off the ticket prices up to all those events now, if you're not a Nine Dots member, the best thing to do is to jump on board and sign up below at the link. Or if you visit the web, Nine Dots website, nine-dots.co, you can find out more about membership, the amazing benefits of that, the access to all the content, the awards, the discounts we've got with the referrals group, the Facebook group, and also the amazing support that the community can give you. Really worth checking out. and We'd love to have you on board. So if you want to join the Nine Dots tribe, check out the link below and sign up today. It's only £150 for the whole year, which works out about the price of well a coffee a week or something like that depending on where you buy your coffee from so without further ado let's get stuck into our main chat today with mr fair waristi now fair has been a friend of nine dots and a friend of ours for a long time now he spoke back at the nine dots gathering and presented there in 2017 not only that but he's also been involved and contributed a lot of things to the nine dots community especially during the pandemic you remember that the pandemic crazy times but anyway without further ado mr fair waristi Hey brother, all good Rahul. So great to have you on this uh, like Nine Dots podcast. It's been a long time since we've spoken. Yeah, last time we saw each other in Mexico, no? Oh yeah, damn. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's true yeah, actually. Like two years ago or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. I for- you know, I totally forgot about that. I was thinking it was the last time they're gathering like three, four years ago. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I forgot we met up in Mexico. How's it all been going anyway? How's the wedding season this year treating you? It's good, man. Like last weekend, I had my my last wedding of of the first half of the season. So June, it's off for me. So up to the races to edit like crazy. And then July, I start all over again, man. So this year so far, uh, 20 weddings and still booking a few new ones. So I'm I'm happy and blessed. Yeah, amazing, man. Sounds so good. That's nice to have a month Mm -hmm. off, like in between your wedding season. We don't get that over here. I just get six months off at the end of the wedding season. <laughs> like, that's it. No, I'll go crazy, man. Or, or I will try to plan to do uh, education and then wedding season. So, but but yeah, usually in Mexico, it's uh, all year round from, from January to, to December. Uh, you have one or two each month. So I, I, I like it. Yeah, that's nice. That's the dream. That's, that's the dream I want. It's like, oh, I only want to do 20 weddings a year. And I wish it could be two a month, but instead for me, it's, I do 20 weddings a year, but it's between May and September. And that's wow. it. Yeah. It's, so it's crazy. Cause like this year I've only shot three weddings so far and that's it. Mm-hmm. I've got, yeah, all of them coming from 
well, I just had one yesterday and then like from now, like 18 in a row in the next three months. Holy, you, yeah. you have my blessing, brother. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to need that. Yeah, like later on in the season when I'm dying. So, but which is quite good actually, because that leads nicely onto like, you know, obviously um, uh, what I thought we'd, that we could talk about um, mm-hmm. in this uh, like little, you know, talk is that basically um, talk about creativity, you know, like how you find inspiration, like, you know, like, obviously I see your work all the time. Like, I love following you on Instagram. I see all your portraits and like, even the documentary stuff you do is like, so like, it's flipping amazing, man. Like out of your work, I don't know, man, on my, on my feed, like really stands out. And especially your portraits, like, you know, like how, how do you like, how do you think about those portraits? You know, like, how do you find the inspiration or like, what's, what's going on in that head of yours, man, to, to make some of this like crazy stuff happen? Because I mean, for example, you know, like, me i know i know like five or six set poses and then for me it's just like the location just changes but the poses are like roughly are always the same but for you mm. I, I don't know man like the locations are different and the posing's different and like yeah just explain your process like what what's going in your head like how you get to what you're doing uh, yeah yeah well it, it's 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 a weird process because uh it's like um being unfruitful uh to to the gender gen- gender no genre 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 of photography that we're doing uh so we are wedding photographers and a wedding photographer represents love and passion and romance and backlight and all that shit um yes so the question is how to make it different it's uh, giving it a, a 180 degrees and say okay i might be dark and moody uh, maybe in my portraits, I don't have to show emotions at all. And uh, composition, it's a priority instead instead of emotion and, and beautiful people. So when you see it like that, uh, there, there are two ways. Uh, uh, one, people are going to be afraid of, of your work and they're going to be like, that's not wedding photography. Yeah. Fuck off. Give me the romantic ooh-la-la experience. Or they're going to be like, yeah, let's go. Let's go even crazier, you know, like uses to, to go bananas. So not on every wedding, but in a lot of weddings, I, I get lucky and they allow me to, to create for them. Uh, my last wedding this weekend, uh, the bride told me, can you do this on vertical? And for me, verticals are like, are weird, man. I don't know how to shoot <laughs> vertical shots after 17 years, man. My Every time I twist my camera, I feel that I'm betraying the universe. <laughs> so, but I still did it because I'm a wedding freaking photographer. Okay. So it's, it's coming and, and going, uh, doing the most cheesy shit. And then creating something that you think it's going to be amazing for you and, and your loss of creating. Oh, man. Yeah. I, by the way, I know what you mean about turning your camera vertical. You know, like I, I still, it, it sends shivers down my spine, me even trying to turn the camera that way. Because, yeah, not unlike you, like for me, seven, well, what, 10 years now, always shooting mm-hmm. pretty much landscape, like to turn it vertical just because I know. And then also, I think it, in my head, I know what the reasoning is. They want it for like social media or something. And I'm like, no, I mm-hmm. just can't do it. Like you're missing all mm-hmm. the other stuff in this frame, you know? It's, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I feel you on that, man. But like, but, but you can see how, uh, how say, uh, tastes uh, keep keeps going back, you know, like uh, back in the 80s and, and 90s and, and 2000s, everything was vertical because they were shooting for, for the magazines, you know, uh, you could sell the prints uh, for a higher price. So everything was vertical. And, the, and then the, the bastards came, you know, that means us, you know, that, that we were trying to be uh, the Nat Geo photographer in a wedding and but yeah, it's, 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 it's on us, you know, it, it's a trend that we created. So it's okay to try to change it as well and, and go back to different roots. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I always think that these trends are like, they, they come and go and they, and they are like, mm-hmm. they are cyclic as well, for sure. Because, you know, like now I'm seeing a lot of like editorial kind of photos, mm-hmm. like especially the portraits, which is why obviously your stuff like really stands out compared to everyone else, like if, that I see on my timeline. You know, like it's gone back to pretty much how I first started learning wedding photography, which was like all about portraits and doing mm-hmm. walking shots and walking here and walking there. And like you said, with the backlight, with no backlight and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is like now it's like 
come back to completely that. Um, yeah. Like what I was doing 10 years ago has come back now, but obviously 10 yes. years ago I was doing it very badly. I was still doing uh-huh. it very badly now, but like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just come back. It's just, a, it's just a, in a cycle at the moment. It's, it's just one of those things. So like when, when you're doing your, like, I don't know, I'm just honing in on portraits because obviously, mm-hmm. um, but like obviously even with your documentary work and, 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 and everything, like, you know, wh- where do you get these ideas from? Like, and like, are you, what, wh- you know, like what artists do you look at or what, what are you watching or, or magazines are you looking at or, you know, cause obviously you're not looking at other wedding photographers, like you've gone mm-hmm. beyond that. And so like, where, where are you getting these ideas or these crazy things in your head from? And then thinking like, mm-hmm. you know, how can I bring these ideas back to life? Well, I, I think, yeah, consuming different shit. Like uh, for me, I follow a lot of cinematographers. Um, I I listen to even podcasts about cinematography. And, and for them, it's always, there's always a, a why they do what, how they do it. So uh, on a movie, if you watch a movie, a good movie, and and you see the colorimetry and you see the uh, the the how the body is talking, like the I don't know how to say it, like the how they're standing and how how they're posing, you you can tell if they're happy, if they're sad, if they're angry, you know, like um, so on wedding photography. Sometimes we we only focus on one thing. Uh, well, two things that it's uh, happiness and, and romance, and and that's it. So everything, it's like like a like watching like a perfume ad uh, per se, a, a bad perfume ad per, that will be. Uh, so so if you go back to like music videos, that uh, I still remember that era that every music video was an experiment, that it doesn't have to relate to the song, you know. So it's more like a division of the director so on portraits i try to do that so i'm in a place that it might be like a all-inclusive hotel okay so my my mind goes to how can i hide all this information yeah uh th- that's my go-to i, I don't want to be obvious that we are shooting in in this place that everybody has a freaking camera with them so when you try to to make an abstraction or, or the minimist the, the minimal expression of of the place that you are, um, you, you can get different ideas. Uh, like you can go to a place, oh, it's a restaurant, or you can be, oh, nice textures on the ceiling, and then you focus on that I- instead of seeing the big picture. Yeah, man. I t- yeah, I totally get that. So like, but when you're doing these, like, obviously, I know like you show what you want to attract right so like on your instagram mm-hmm. or like your facebook or your web page and stuff like that like you show these crazy portraits and stuff like that so you attract clients that will give you this license to create something like that for them but mm-hmm. you are a wedding photographer and so like how do you balance you know the experimentation like with the risk taking like and then mm-hmm. meeting the expectations of a wedding photographer as well do you know what i mean like yes do you still take just start off with maybe like look into the cameras guys and just oh, smile yeah. and then yeah and then go on yeah yeah like a big percentage of the pictures that i shoot it's safe stuff for sure um, like i i don't consider myself like a like the the weird one it's just when you see my socials and my portfolio that's that's my museum you know that's that's the a facade that i want to see like it booked me because of this but then if if they pass that filter, then I'll send them like full weddings so they can see how how I tell this story. Uh, and if they feel related to to a hundred percent of of my coverage instead of only the 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 wow shots or or the epic portraits. So yeah, I think honesty it, it it's a must. Uh, so social media for me, it's like throwing the bait. And if if they cut it, okay, then it's time to be honest, vulnerable, and and direct, and and super honest with everything. So yes, uh, after after the big ones, I show them all the shit, yeah. and I tell them if, if you don't see yourself in my pictures, I, I sometimes even in consultations open the Instagram of other photographers that I love, and I start recommending other people because I I want to be a good fit for them, not the photographer. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's cool. I mean, like, I remember, like, like during consultations as well. I've had people, you know, 
they're like, I remember someone actually, they opened up a Pinterest board and were like, oh, mm-hmm. can you do all of these? Like, we love your natural photo- photography or whatever. And then they were like, mm-hmm. oh, can you do all of these kind of things? And I was just like, this is like editorial style. People are bringing props to your pre-shoot and stuff. I'm like, that's not mm-hmm. for me. And then even me, I started opening up other people's web pages and be like, look, I think these are the three photographers that you, I think, should go to instead because mm-hmm. it's better to be honest. And, that, and actually, it's funny enough that these guys recommend me the most now or one of the mm. other people that referred me the most because I was honest. I didn't want to like, you know, ruin um, their day or their vision of what they had for their day. And so now yeah. they, they recommend me, even though they, I've never taken a photograph for them. So it's a, it's a, yeah. always comes back, I guess, through the universe, right? Like if you're like, yes, be nice and don't be a dick, basically <laughs> that Definitely. They'll, they'll like reciprocate as well further along the line. Yeah, like booking a, a wedding photographer is like entering uh, the twilight zone, man. Uh, maybe in between photographers, we know that there are uh, trends or, or styles, okay, between photographers, you know. But uh, for a typical nine to five guy or gal who watches Pinterest and, and then uh, su- succession, you know, they don't know this shit. They don't know that, oh, who's that guy or who's that gal or or my style represents X, Y, and Z. They just see wedding photography, period. So I think it, it's our mission to, to educate them a little bit, you know, because it's the same. Like you went for a job that you don't like and then you're going to have a consultation for an hour uh, with a stranger. So no, fuck that shit. So for me, it's like I try... I, I, start dropping F-bombs as soon as possible so they can see, oh, I, I can feel this guy energy, his passion, or I hate this guy. And 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 that way it's it's easier to to peel all the layers. Like, okay, I like his pictures. I like this guy. Okay, bring it on. You know, so I, I think honesty, it's, it's a must. I don't want to sell anything. It's more like we're a good fit. Let's go crazy. But yeah, there's a big distinction about what, photographers think about wedding photography and normal people who wants to get married man so we have to be honest with them oh yeah that's so true man i mean yeah definitely like listening to other wedding photographers and what they think about wedding photography compared to like normal people like and what they think i mean there are markets so they're the people that you should be asking these questions to are like what do you want and you know and and at the end of the day we're a service industry right so we need to be making sure that we serve them correctly and if they're not the right fit for you and you're not the right fit for them, then you're just going to have a bad day and like a bad, mm-hmm. day, a bad experience all around. So there's, you can just like sidestep that. I, I like your filters. So like, I remember years ago, I mean, this was a long time ago. Maybe it's still part of your website now that used to be like, oh, your wedding's a, your wedding is an experiment. Like an do experiment. You still, yeah. Do you still tell people the same thing or? Yeah, I, I tell them during the consultation, it's, it's not as big as it was on my website before. Uh, I might need to relieve that shit, man. But imagine like one of my first twists of of my brand was rockstar wedding photographer. So I made so many mistakes in my, in my career as, as, as with my brand and with my logos and with my website. So I have tried everything, man. So yeah, honesty, honesty is, is been working so far. When I started to be honest with like, Showing full weddings, that's scary, man, because we know that sometimes we rocked uh, the getting ready and we fucked up the portraits and then we rocked the reception and then they have to see everything. Yeah, That's that's a scary thing to do, man. And I'm not a technical guy. I cannot make beautiful pictures everywhere. I, I need a little bit of elements to create. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. I, I think that's one of the things, like when it comes to like weddings, you know, like in my head, for example, Something that pushes me is like, I want to blog every single wedding. Mm. There's no wedding that's not bloggable for me. So mm-hmm. if there's a wedding that's not bloggable, that's my fault, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, so that mm-hmm. makes me work like 20 times as hard to make sure that I can get enough images from this wedding to make it bloggable. And, and then which also will translate into the full gallery because they, like you, I send everyone the full gallery, like specific mm-hmm. to their type of wedding. So then... Once they see like your Instagram or your website and a, a couple of blog posts, then they can see the whole picture of what I can do. And sometimes they ask for more galleries just in case they think I've only got one amazing gallery and the rest of shit. Mm-hmm. So then I'll send two or three, you know, like I think that's what maintains the standards like high for myself personally, yeah. like knowing that 
forget my clients, the people that are about to book me, but it's the people that are coming to book me after, they're going to have to see the same stuff. So, mm. you know, it has to make sure that it's like at least at a baseline level, overall good throughout the whole wedding. That's a good so, rule, man. That's a really good rule. Yeah, thanks, man. Like, I don't know. It's it's something that, it. I don't know, it's always just in my head that, you know, just I've got to make sure that I can blog this wedding. So, you know, it makes you work like, super hard i mean my wedding like what like that was like that yesterday it was like so like really nice people everything was perfect like that but like so disjointed like timeline wise and mm -hmm. you know like so much stop start which makes it harder for you because you're i'm sitting down for half an hour 45 minutes then it's time to get up and like start taking photos again then again like two hours later you sit down again for another half an hour and i was just like it was just like i don't know it's really hard to mm. off, whereas i prefer like i was telling you know i think my wife today like I prefer weddings where it's just full stop, like non-stop, should I say, like straight through, yeah. like bang, 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 all the time, no stopping. The only time you stop is like mm. when you're done and you're like, oh my God, I'm dead. Like, you mm -hmm. know, rather than like, yeah. So like trying to become creative um, and trying to do like cool stuff is like, becomes like in my head, like really hard because it's not flowing. It's just like, but then you know that that client wants really good photos of this part of the day or whatever it is. So that, that actually leads me to like a really good question. It's like, you know, how do you handle like creative blocks or like, you know, moments of self-doubt? Like how, how do you overcome it? Because like you said, you can't be 110% fair at every single wedding. So what do you do to like make sure, you know, you're at least 100% fair at every single wedding? Well, I, I try to be uh, good with myself, you know, like, uh, like don't be too hard, you know, uh, because everybody's going to have a great, great days and, and shitty days man so so my standards it's like my shitty days on image creating at least they're going to be their clients are going to be excited and they're going to be happy to get them you know and one thing that has helped me a lot it's uh, like tell them about what i need to create as well you know because okay. the same for, for us it's okay now it's a portrait time and a lot of times couples they don't know if it's like portrait represents like group shots with your families or traditional shots or you're gonna go crazy into a hallway and and you're leaving the wedding venue that they pay shit lots of money to show off on their pictures and you're taking them to a, the ugliest place so um, that's what i tried to do on the consultation like hey guys sometimes the place is not the best way to create uh these kind of pictures and i show them x y and c examples and sometimes we have to go to go off the road to create them are, are you okay with that you know and asking them what's what's their priority if, if it's like showing emotions if it's being artistry uh, if if they want to if they plan to hang big pictures on their on their house or or they prefer an album the all that kind of stuff it gives me a little bit of tips on how to photograph for them and when i feel shitty uh, i know i have seen what inspires me so so for example no matter where i am if i'm in london or if i'm in mexico uh, i always try to start with the cleanest space available you know and cleanest sometimes represents you know like turning all the lights off just leaving a window light and underexposing like crazy that way i can clean everything or, or the opposite, like uh, there's a white wall, open the window fully and don't show the hotel logo on the background, mm -hmm. you know? So usually uh, that sparks uh, something inside me, like starting uh, small and then adding up a few elements uh, that can be like a LED light or a reflection or, or just shooting through something else, you know? But if I start simple, I, I see peace and with that peace I start building up. Yeah, man. Yeah. I I, I think I like I operate in a in a similar way. It's it's like pre-shoots, for example. I think I find like that's like they're more challenging than the wedding day portraits for me because it's just like it's us and two uh, two people and like you know, you, you gotta take these amazing photos that you keep putting up on your Instagram and they're like, Oh man, I can't wait for my pre-wedding shoot. But it's like those best photos for me happen in the last 10 minutes of the two hours. Like for the rest of the time, I'm just like walking, talking, 
like trying oh. to make semi-decent photos that they're like, oh, this is cool, this is cool, this is nice, like in my head. But then the the real gold is like sometimes it's like the last click of the whole session is just like, yes, I've got mm-hmm. one image because like that's how long I think in my head it took me to get out to start making stuff and get comfortable yes. rather than like just diving straight in, you know, like it's like cleaning up space in my head. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know and then like and then building up in my head like okay let's start doing this let's start doing that and yeah, it's pretty pretty similar to what, what you're saying so like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and, but... and and another thing as well like uh like talking about styles uh i like my style but i'm always trying to implement different things of of different photographers like like per se sometimes like i i see the sometimes the lack of emotion on on a few of my portraits you know and i'm like shit that composition with that colors with everything with two percent of emotions will be better you know or sometimes when i see the the blurry who cares about composition and who cares about light portraits and i see it in other photographers i'm like shit that's beautiful as well so uh, like it, it's hard to say this is where I belong and, and I cannot try anything else, you know, that, that, that'll be, that'd be weird, man. So uh, I think the, the last, the last few years I, I have been fighting about against myself from a few other years ago, you know, uh, because sometimes photographers put you in this tiny box, like Rahul's work represents uh high contrast black shadows and off-camera flash and that's it man if you shoot uh available beautiful portrait that's a no bueno for rahul man that's that's (laughs) bullshit so it's like fuck off man i want to do a little bit of everything man so it's it's okay to stop judging other photographers because we're gonna be in different stages in in our careers when our back it's about to explode we're gonna be the the old guys with the light cast and everything blurry man you know <laughs> and that, i'll be okay with that as well so i don't know it's it, it's good to see what can we learn from everyone instead of that guy's style it's not good man because he's doing ai shit or whatever it's like everything's welcome man everything has to be welcome oh yeah totally Oh man, we won't talk about AI. I'm going to sidestep that whole thing right now. <laughs> Everyone's like so into like that regenerative like AI. I'm still sitting here thinking, how the heck does wireless charging still work? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm still with that. I'm like, how is it charging this without it being connected? I just, I it still blows my mind. But yeah, that regenerative thing is is crazy as well. I'm sure it's going to mm-hmm. have its uses, but I don't know. It's, it's it's yeah we'll we'll sidestep that whole thing i think that's a whole podcast on its own <laughs> yeah definitely man with the other experts man <laughs> yeah man yeah yeah i'm definitely not one of those either but are there like any particular like artists or people that you know like like artists podcasters writers creators anyone that you think like has influenced like your style or, or where you've got to right now you know well like it's till when i was in in my 20s i I discovered this guy, Rodney Smith. He he's he's a photographer that I love his story because he wanted to become a, a magnum shooter and he couldn't made it. And then he transitioned into more like fashion and whimsical portraits. And that's where he created his own style. So I, I love listening to those kinds of stories, you know, because not always on the first attempt we're gonna make it so i'm I'm always obsessed with uh like a podcast that's called song exploder um and they became like a netflix show as well and it's all about that the creative process of one song per artist and and you can see all the iterations all all the attempts to make it work Uh, and sometimes it's a long freaking process and sometimes it comes natural and boom at the first time they use the demo as as the final song, you know? So that represents, or for me, that means that in the things that we do, there's there's no square formulas. Uh, you, you have to be able to, to mold to the situation, to the personality, to the light. Uh, so that's why I still haven't got sick about weddings, you know, because every time it's a little bit different. 
and and for me that's that's the formula of of success you know see everything or at least try to see everything with fresh eyes it can be a, a simple hug or it, or it can be a crazy cool portrait yeah yeah i hear you i mean like i think that's why i've still not become sick of weddings either like i thought i would be in right because i'm in my ninth maybe mm -hmm. tenth year and i'm like mm -hmm. i don't know like i think it's the people are just different and now the people like or this the people that i'm photographing now the generation are different and i kind of like this generation mm -hmm. that i'm photographing as well like mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. There's something about them that excites me. I think it's like the music they're playing, to be fair, at the in the reception Beautiful, parties man. and stuff. But like, you know, they're just into like a different stuff. And I like, yeah, I, I I tell like my friends and stuff like that. I'm like, I really vibe with these guys because like, and then I see different things as well, you know, um, <laughs> when I'm taking photos, which makes it, I don't know, I don't know. I can't expand it in my head, but I thought by now I would have had a little bit of an itch of like, you know, it's time to like think about maybe something else. But no, nah, actually mm. every time I'm like, going to a wedding i feel really fired up at the moment at the moment anyway i think it's because yeah. also, like, like you said like you don't pigeonhole yourself in like you know after like actually when i first started nine dots and stuff and i saw like andy's work and adam's work i used to be like oh my mm -hmm. god man their documentary work is amazing like this is like i've never seen like i know of this stuff but i didn't realize that these guys were doing it and especially like andy like when i see some of his photos before i was just like oh mm -hmm. my god so then like i like for three, four years, I started to like try and step up with like documentary work. And then on the other hand, like some of my friends that don't really know photography were like, oh, you don't do as many portraits anymore. And other people are noticing that. And I'm like, oh, I still do. But I'm just trying to show more. I don't know. I was like going down uh -huh. this trend of like more documentary. So I think it's like you push and pull yourself from different things, right? Like, you, does that make sense? Like right now, yes. I'm really back on like experimenting. Like I became, for example, I became really lazy. What people used to know me for, and in my head, this is what I think, actually, how would they pigeonhole me, was Rahul, great at off-camera flesh portraits. That's mm -hmm. it, right? Like, that's how I feel, like, a lot of my clients knew me, and a lot of, like, peers also knew me, and stuff like that. But, like, and then after that, I was just like, no, 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 I'm not going to be that guy anymore. So I stopped doing a lot of that stuff. And But, like, in the last year or so, I started picking up the off-camera flash for portraits, not for, like, the documentary or lighting receptions, but for actually portraits. Mm -hmm. Like, I became really lazy. Like I couldn't be bothered to take take that light stand out with the flash and like light someone and video light them. I'd be like, oh, just use it with natural light is fine. But mm -hmm. like, I think that like becoming not lazy and starting dragging that flash out again has like inspired me to make better photos again. I don't know. It's really weird. I, it's, it makes sense in my head, but yeah, probably not like to everyone else that's listening right now. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's magical. We have to be able to 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 change and evolve. And sometimes. Uh, changing doesn't represent uh, better, but it's 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 the the creative gene that wants to say like what else, man? What else can you try? Like uh, let's simplify things, let's complicate things. Uh, when you lose that, uh, you're screwed, man. So uh, I, I applaud you because of that. You know, it, it it's it, for me that's that's where the magic happens, and that's why like having a conversation with other photographers or as, your, as yourself, having good friends that are extremely talented, definitely push you to, to be better. You know, yeah. if, if you were the big shit between your friends, you will become lazy. So, oh, so yeah. having an amazing community that sometimes hurts for sure. Sometimes you're like, motherfucker, that last image that they share, it's way, way better than the one I shared. But the next time you you remember that, so it's it's healthy com uh, competition, and that's that's a must. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I've got my own critique anyway. It's called my wife. She she sees my photos. Says, These are so dark, man. These are so dark. These are dark. Like you know, and I'm like, no, but this is yeah. like this is what I was going for. But she's just like, I don't like it. If I was a bride, I wouldn't like that photo. It's too dark. It's too dark, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I, I get we it. We have I the same too. wife, I think. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. She's hovering up <laughs> my shoulder always. It's like, oh, but like her pose. What sort of pose is that? That's not a flattering pose. And actually, to be fair, uh -huh. it's, it's it's so good because she sees she she obviously doesn't see things from any wedding photography. She has no idea about wedding photography. Like you know, mm -hmm. like she just sees it from like, this is me, and I think this is not good. And like, if I was mm -hmm. this bride or groom, I wouldn't like this image. And I'm like, man, it's hurting me because I'm like, do you know how, how long it took to set that image up to get that photo? Just like, yeah, I wouldn't even deliver yeah. it. <laughs> like, she knows how to yeah. hurt, for sure. 
No, and, and, and at the same time, it, it's okay to not take uh, our craft that seriously, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. In, in the end, it's, it's a portrait, you know, if it can be a beautiful portrait, or it can be a so-so portrait, but it's a freaking portrait, like uh, on the last wedding that I photographed this Saturday, uh, the mother of the bride told me, hey, maybe my dad, like uh, the, the bride's grandfather's coming, so please yeah. be aware of that, and we were able to do something beautiful with him. And that night at 5 a.m., he passed away. Oh, shit, you know? no way. Yeah, and, and when I listen to those stories, it's like, who fucking cares about everything else? Yeah. You know, so I think what you were saying, like like getting older and getting all these um, hours spent on, on a wedding uh, and having kids as well, uh, you can focus on those interactions more. You know, you, uh, it doesn't matter if you have 10 layers and you tell the story as, as your play studio or if you have a one-point shit and you just focus on on, on the girl's eyes. You know, um, you, are, you are more attracted to the stories uh, and you want to mix it with artistry for sure, but there's always a, a beautiful tiny story to be told. So I, I like to focus on that when I feel uninspired and I feel that I'm BS as photographer, I just focus on little stories. And, and that helps me to, to boost my energy and carry on. Yeah. I mean, is there like, have you ever had, you know, obviously, because you, you experiment a lot, like even with your documentary work, you're, you're obviously experimenting. You, you, you generally shoot weddings on your own, correct? You, you Nowadays, I'm, I, I'm bringing second shooters that are, oh, okay. are from my Patreon website uh, uh, just to feel uh, uncomfortable, man. Okay. <laughs> because really, man, like I, when you're not used to shooting with someone, you learn so much uh, because uh, the only rule that I give them is like you have to risk more than me. So, yeah. so they go to these crazy angles and they capture these B sides that I haven't even thought about it. So it's a whole workshop to bring someone with freedom to, to create by your side. Okay, cool, man. That completely blew my question out that I was about to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nah, that's cool. Because I didn't even think, you know, I mean, generally, I think most people bring second shooters to say, hey, you're going to cover all the safe shit and then mm. I'm going to go nuts. So you've got to mm. make sure that you're actually telling them the complete opposite of what general people would say. And you're saying, go and be even crazier than me. So yes, you know, go nuts. So actually, but my, my question was going to be like, obviously, so then I don't know, you're trying to go for a crazy angle, say of the bride walking down the aisle, right? Because just of where the scenery is, I don't know, it's like on a hilltop with like one little house in the middle of Iceland. Mm -hmm. And you're like, man, I want to capture this whole scene and you can silhouette the whole thing and it can look freaking amazing. But then your other photographer has gone to do something similar from another mm -hmm. angle because he's seen something else. Um, and then there's no one taking a safe shot. So like, mm. what I know, I mean, obviously, because I know you and I know your work, I know that you would you would go for the, the risky photo, for example, right, rather than the safe shot. But like, have you ever had any criticism or like negative feedback of like, hey, man, like you haven't got, you know, me walking down the aisle with my dad and like, you know, I had mm. some tears coming down my eyes. And you were like mm. about a hundred meters away. So then you also didn't capture the reaction of the bridal groom looking at the other bridal groom. Like, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. so have uh -huh. you ever had like criticism and like, how have you dealt with that? Like, oh, like, you know, because obviously, sorry, and to tag on to that lot, that question is like, how do you pick yourself up? Because obviously you want to steal the next wedding. You don't want to be doing that safe stuff because, you know, mm. like, how do you like pick yourself up and then be like, all right, it's time to go again and let's rock this wedding. So, yeah, I think it's it's a good mix of everything, man. Like uh, what what helps me as well is, OK, uh, if we talk about ceremony, uh, you, you have to uh, dissect how many possible interesting or important moments are happening during the ceremony. Yeah. You know, like uh, like to simplify, like the walking uh, through the corridor to the aisle no, and then giving the bride to the dad and then the ring and then the keys and then the speeches, and then we come back away. So the, those are like five or six. Uh, in a good day, I might risk on half of, of those moments. Okay. Okay, so, so if I am risking, it's gonna be half, and the other half is gonna be safe. Uh, 
So, so that way it's hard for them to, to complain about, hey, you forget about, about this. You know, and, and the other thing is like, uh, it's rare for me that I sit. Uh, so I'm always on my feet and I'm always running like crazy and trying to anticipate what, what's about to happen. Um, so yeah, like I, I always have two cameras and I have like the weird one that means the, the crazy angle. And then I have the safe one that has a 85 or a 50. So it doesn't matter where I am, I'm going to take two shots, the risky one and the safe one. Like, like talking about that stuff, it's the same. Like your portfolio allows yourself to risk or, or to make it safe. If, if you're like the classic photographer and then you go to a Rahul's workshop and on your next wedding, you want to be Rahul, uh, you're screwed, man. Your, your clients are not going to be happy with you. So you, you, have, you have to build your portfolio uh, to get and, and allow yourself the freedom that you want. So it's it's baby steps, and that's why it's important to be ballsy on social media, because that's your statement as a creator. Yeah, yeah. So actually, that's a really good point. So like, did you um obviously when you started to think, okay, I want to like be different or do do show more crazy stuff? Yeah, you can't just mm-hmm. flip the switch, and you can't just be like, okay, I'm going to start doing that from every wedding from now on. I don't know. It's a bit like changing your preset. Mm-hmm. Some people change their presets like overnight, and I'm like. Um, but what about all those clients I booked you with the preset that you had used, you know, mm. like last year, yeah. which is what they've based your work on. And now you've gone for like someone else's preset or whatever you've done and you've completely changed your look. So yeah, I think definitely like filtering it in slowly, slowly, and then being more like adventurous with your social media. So, but like in your head, did you think mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to start showing more and more crazier, different things that like stand out, um, mm-hmm. slowly over time. Is that, is that what you started to do? Like filtering through your work, like mix and match. You know, like maybe three posts were like safe or not really pretty stuff. And then mm-hmm. one post was like a bit out there. Then like slowly, slowly over time, you just like filter it down. Is that is that what you were doing then? Like, did you make a conscious so, decision in your head that I'm going to start well, changing? My my first step was like, who who are the people in the industry that I admired? And what can I do to learn from them? So So when I knew that I wasn't loving being the traditional photographer i started to educate myself and and go to all these guys uh, events and workshops and conventions and all that and then i have all this cloud of possibility like all these different kinds of styles and big contradictions uh after that i a few of them i invite them to teach at my at my house and that way i learn a little bit more i went like uh, like a two layers deep into what make them create as well. Uh, so that way I, I, I met them as, as human beings and not only as only photographers that I admire and respect. So that gave me like, wow, there, there's, there's more than a creative reason. Uh, and, and you can see who inspired them. Uh, a lot of them, they wanted to become uh, like war photographers, you know, yeah. so so they go to a wedding with that approach. Others editorials, other fashion. And then it's like, OK, I have all this information. Now it's time to practice and we forget about the practice. So most of the time back then I, I did the wedding in a very traditional way. And then I gave like a, the uh, post wedding session for free, you know. And when I gave that shit for free, now it was time to play and experiment and try what, I, what the things I have learned. And then I slowly switch from, from the photographer to the weird Mexican motherfucker who, <laughs> who played, you know? But, but it wasn't, I wasn't, and I've never considered my art or my craft uh, original. I just saw all these monsters of, of the industry and I was like, I want to be one of those guys. Uh, so what are the steps that, I, that, that I need to follow? And then I just start working on them. Yeah. And, and knowing your limitations as well. Like today I did like a tutorial about flash <laughs> and that's like a joke, man, you know, uh, because I, I still don't know how to do amazing flash photography on portraits, man, you know, and, and I know that I, I give up. So, so it's, it's beautiful to know where you can succeed and where you suck big time, man. How do you like, you know, like obviously during like 
when you when you've got like busy wedding seasons coming up and then you're doing back to back weddings i say i don't know do you ever do the multiple like same resort over and over again like how do you stay creative you know because i'm sure that people when they're listening to this yeah they're gonna think oh yeah but you know fair he's in mexico you get amazing light beautiful sunset mm -hmm. everything is like that's what like so many people always <laughs> yeah. think but then obviously on the on the on the flip to that is like Mm -hmm. I know photographers are like, oh, you shoot in England. It's always gray and cloudy. It's like a big giant softbox. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. You get nice sunsets as well. So it's like really cool to shoot. Like, how do you keep yourself like fresh and, you know, like different every single time? Or or sometimes are mm -hmm. you just like, hey, man, I'm just like today, I'm just like going to be an autopilot. And mm -hmm. you know, I know that my autopilot level is good enough mm -hmm. for them to be like, oh, this was amazing fair. But in your head, you're like, it's not that great. So like, you know, how do you boost yourself in that situation? And do you do that? Like, do you shoot the same places over and over? You know, yeah, that's that's why I started doing destination weddings uh, because I know myself. I know that if I will be shooting in the same place all over, I will I will die. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so that's why. Like, uh, I live in a big city, like five million people and everything. And for a lot of years, I say no more local weddings. You know, because I saw that that it was affecting me and my craft. So, for example, this year I have four weddings in my city and I'm really enjoying them, you know, because I, I'm seeing everything with fresh eyes. So, so again, you have to be extremely honest with what inspires you and try to make it work that way, you know, um, because if not, it's going to be it's going to be an easy fall down for sure. So, yeah, I don't do destinations. Uh, because it sounds sexier, I do destinations because I need the diversity, uh, like the the desert, the ocean, the city uh, in in the same month. <laughs> yeah, nice man. I wish I could do that. That'd be amazing. Yeah, but but well, everybody can. But you know, like at the beginning when I saw that, uh, I sacrificed a lot of shit, man. You know, like uh, we oh, were yeah, living with my in-laws, uh, no rent until things started to to work out so for a lot of people that's that represents failure and for me it was like it's what it takes it's what it what it what it needs to be done uh to for a hope to 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 be a happy professional and for me that was a priority yeah man i mean yeah you're, like to get to where you've got you, it, it didn't come without sacrifices that's for sure you know and like and, and where i am it's 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 a cloud. It, it, there's no uh, certainty, you know. It, 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 I, I never give things for granted. And like talking about being creative, that's the thing. If you see each wedding as the last one that you're gonna shoot, you go bananas, man. Yeah. No. Yeah. You see I'll, the waiters working your ass, and then you see yourself with a camera, with a glass of wine, and. And it's like, the, I, I don't have a hard time. I, I don't have a hard life, man. Yeah, yeah. No, but what I mean is like, obviously, when I was saying like, you're obviously to get to where you've got, it's not like, oh yeah, you're fair, that does destination weddings. I mean, to get to a place where you, you're happy with yourself, inside yourself, um, like that took sacrifice, mm. you know, that you realize that doing destination weddings is what you need to, to be, stay creative. And so you don't go bananas. So like, mm -hmm. that, that's what I mean, to get to your own happy place for yourself. Like, you know, like, like with everyone and every successful podcast I've ever listened to all comes with sacrifices. Mm -hmm. You can't just like, no one just gets like these weddings, like from thin air without making sacrifices and, and stuff to get, to get to where they want to be, I guess, you know, it gets hard as well. Like uh, leaving the family three, four days. And so um, how you say being able to transform uh, like nostalgia and sadness in, into creativity uh that's where all these uh, inspirational books helped you a lot yeah because it's not everything about technique it's it's about like stanima and and no matter what being grateful with the opportunity to live out of a freaking black box so uh, don't be in an asshole it's it's the magic formula to keep creating <laughs> yeah yeah don't be a dick um, <laughs> don't be a dick yeah, uh, yeah, I'm conscious about time and stuff like that. So obviously, so I just wanted to uh, like ask you a question. It's probably a bit cheese, but I'm just going to be like, you know, mm -hmm. so for people that are listening, you know, like what advice would you give them to like someone that wants to like, you know, nurture or develop their own creativity? Like, you know, they've got an idea or a style in their head 
and they're, mm-hmm. they're still conforming to the normal, you know, wedding photography rules, like beautiful this, emotions, moments, blah, blah, blah. But, mm-hmm. like, but they, in their head, they have their own vision of how they want a photography, their wedding photography to be. So like what's like one or two pieces of advice that you would give them, you know, to help them develop their own creativity? Yeah. But I think it's always good to... Uh, to go and follow your gut. What, what this means is like, uh, like please consume art, you know, like, a, but that is like just going to a museum and, and see where your eye leads, you know, naturally, you know, like if, if, if there's a painting with a lot of symmetry and your eyes stuck there, or if there's a, a, a painting with a lot of chaos and, and your brain stuck there, uh, analyze it, you know, and, and try to consume more of that artist and then try to learn or, or read a biography about what inspired that artist. So, so just going behind a, f- a few layers always helps a lot, you know, and for me, like stopping consuming a lot of the things that I produce per se, like I just, I might follow maybe five to 10 wedding photographers and that's it. Everything else, it has to come from different parts. So uh, don't, uh, how say, um, tag yourself that fast. Uh, I'm this kind of photographer or I will never do this kind of photography. So I think like being open and learning from other photographers that they do the opposite. That's you. It, it's going to keep you fresh and, and open for the possibility of just blending styles. And the music that I love the most, it's it's when they blend shit, you know, when there's like a like a banda that's a, a Mexican uh, style with freaking hip hop, man. You know, like for me, that's where the magic happens. Uh, I, I'm not a purist and I don't want my photography to, cons- to, to be considered pure. Let's just rip everything and see how deep or how shallow we can create. But allowing the self to analyze the things that you do and how to make it a bit better. That's, that's where the magic happens, at least for me. Thank you so much, dude. Like, yeah, such a pleasure to talk to you as always. <laughs> Likewise, man. Uh, good, good freaking questions. And, and, and I never give the things for granted. Believe me. Like uh, when I speak about creativity, I'm always analyzing, does that shit still works for me? Uh, yeah. Am I still applying that, those principles? So yeah, it's always constant freaking change. Yeah, man, change, change, change is good. I'm, I'm all down. Change is weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. It's good for you. <laughs> but like, it's you know? good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. 